Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And on this bonus episode, I am joined by Corey from uh, Haunted Mass. Oh, sorry. What was it? Paranormal Hunters of Mass. Paranormal hey. Hunters of Mass. I messed it up. <laughs> Paranormal Hunters of Mass. That's right. I messed it up. Anyway, uh, how you doing, dude? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Um, when we did our original roundtable, um, you were... I think the only urban explorer, exploration, or have you ever want to use the term, uh, that yeah. was actually part of the, part of the the group. I mean, granted, we all do a little bit of urban ex- exploring when we do paranormal investigating, but it's not our main goal. Or we usually try to go to a place that's easier access because not every paranormal investigator has like the ability to, you know, parkour or climb up this building or try to sneak in there or get into places that most people normally can't. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess for people who really don't know, how would you define urban exploring? Um, urban exploring, hmm. Well, exhilarating for one, <laughs> but um, uh, very risky. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone starting out. I mean, especially the riskier asylums and the hospitals and stuff. Like you were just saying, if you guys go for the easy. Okay, the doors open. We're going in and haunting it investigating it a lot of places we do you're climbing up fire escapes you're jumping in windows you're crawling in through two by two windows your bag and your tripod barely fits through like it's it's not easy uh, i wouldn't suspect it to be as much i mean i mean i've seen a few videos on youtube this is a long time ago about ur- urban uh explorers like things going wrong especially the most famous one i saw of a guy who like Urban explored this one building over again and he found like a bag of drugs and money. And then he, he heard like these two uh, gang guys come in. He had to hide so they wouldn't find him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we did a train station back in 2020 when I first started and there was actually a whole room set up with gangsters and prostitutes, like beds and grills. And they said they were living there and they didn't mind us being there, but it caught us off guard for sure. Jeez. Well, I know, I know your 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 main. I guess I don't know if what you would call it. What do you do more? You have urban exploring or paranormal investigating? But I guess they go hand in hand for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lately I've been doing more of the urban exploring. I mean, I still hang out with my buddy, and we both run the the paranormal stuff. I just I haven't really been crazy into it like I used to be when I first started. The urban exploring and the photography kind of took over everything. Yeah. So you haven't missed in paranormal investigating much. Uh, I mean, I did a little bit with him the other day when we went to the state school, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Wow. Yeah, because I know like some of the places that some people can't investigate or at least can't get to an urban explorer like yourself probably could. So that's why I think sometimes, well, at least from what I've heard about anyway, some urban explorers actually come become paranormal investigators because they do encounter stuff on times when they just want to you know, explore an abandoned building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I will never give up paranormal investigating for good. I'm just, you know, I'm not doing it, like, every weekend like I was. But, like, you know, if I had an opportunity to go do a haunted, like, paid tour somewhere, I would definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you say, uh, starting off the bat here, uh, is one of the most intense experiences you either had urban exploring with the paranormal or paranormal investigating? um urban exploring probably the location we just did two weeks ago um 
it's this big campus out in the middle of nowhere and it's every building is trail cam motion censored alarm like you're straight trying to spider-man these buildings to get up in this place and we managed to do it and, and get away without setting off any alarms but it, it was pretty crazy jeez and he didn't write anything paranormal um we only did like the bowling alley and the rec center and stuff so i don't think there was anything really paranormal there but they've it was it was a really bad state school from what we went what we heard about so I'm sure there's if we got into the dorms, there probably would have been. Oh. You say state school. What do you mean state school? Uh, like a developmental center. They call them state schools. So pretty much it's like the asylums, but it's all separate buildings. Uh, I, I grew up in Texas. We never, well, if we did, it wasn't around where I lived. <laughs> yeah. Out out in Massachusetts and, and New York, the most there's, they're everywhere everywhere it's either an asylum a psychiatric center or a state school and how long i should probably ask that in the beginning but <laughs> how long have you been urban exploring i started the urban exploring and the paranormal i think it was may of 2020 oh, okay so right when cool. right when covid really hit the fan oh which is funny i was like most people stayed in but you went out <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, because that was the point in time when the police activity at a lot of these places, there was none. They yeah. were worried about all the COVID stuff. So, yeah, less patrols, less chance of you getting caught. Yeah, exactly. And it was <laughs> it was very true because now you go back to the same places and it's like, OK, wow. Yeah, I was curious. We're, we're playing uh, we're playing cat and mouse game now. Oh. And uh, investigating you do at the same time, or is it's like a separate location? Like maybe one location you felt like, ah, if I want to urban explore this more versus say a location you strictly want to investigate. Um, I mean, lately now it's to the point, like I know when we talk on the paranormal round table, you get to places you feel energy. So when I'm in a building, if I feel something, if I hear a door slam, I'll pull the spirit box out or I'll pull the, the emf detector out and i'll see if there's anything there but like i said i really haven't been like going to a location saying okay we're going here today to, to ghost hunt to, to investigate okay. it's just like spur of the moment type of deal thing so you take the equipment with you when you go urban exploring i always keep my rem pod my emf detector and a spirit box in my camera bag yeah <laughs> always gotta be prepared. yeah yeah always gotta be prepared well, i don't there's actually a long time ago I actually wanted to try, or at least in my head, I never knew it was called urban exploring. I just wanted to go like into an abandoned building and like look around. Like maybe it's got old history or, or maybe it's got like leftover this from a long time ago that someone forgot about. Just like aspects like that. Like I always wanted to go look and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I never knew what it was either. I, I got into this first mental hospital back in May of 2020. And then I just started going on Facebook groups and I'm like, urban exploring, abandon this. Like, wh what is all this? Like this whole community that we never even knew about with millions of people from everywhere. So it's, it's bigger than you think. I mean, back when I grew up, I was too busy motocross racing and stuff. So a lot of these kids, they started at 15, 16, but I was racing. I was doing, I didn't know what it was. I wasn't just running the streets and, and looking for places like this. And 
when you go urban exploring, um, do you take someone with you or is it just by yourself? I always at least bring one other person with me. Um, back in this Jan- December of 2020, yeah, or 21, I want to say it was 21. I broke my right ankle jumping into a building and I was, I was with a group, but they pretty much left me. So I felt like I was by myself. And ever since then I said, I will never go without somebody to help me. Yeah. That question was, did you ask me like, if like, should you investigate with somebody or is it all right to do it by yourself? And I always said, you probably should bring someone with you because some places you could go, you'd be a little sketchy and you might get hurt. You need someone there at least to witness what you saw, but also to make sure you get back. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, I, I know a couple of people who like to prefer to explore alone because of the fact that you can hide easier and stuff. But as far as safety, never. It's not. It's it's really not. Mm. Um, what you say is like a, a, a must have equipment or tool or something with you when you urban explore. Um, number one on the top of the list is flashlight and extra batteries. One hundred percent. I'm sure you know that from your investigations too. Unless you want to be in the dark. Well, I mean, it it helps to see sometimes, especially when some certain places like that. But yeah, flashlights always main to see. I've been trying to train my eyes to, to see in the dark for the last ten years. I gotten pretty alright yeah. with it, but yeah, flashlight is yeah, it's always mandatory. But I know Sometimes like, with all the asbestos and the dust and everything, though, it gets harder to see. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Do you bring like a mask with you, like one of those uh, respirators? I bring it. Do I wear it all the time? It all depends. I'll walk into a location. If it's 100% boarded to the max, then yes, I'll wear it. But if there's open windows, if there's ventilation, most of the times I don't. Okay, so that's what goes with it. I always wonder why, like, in episodes of, like, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, mostly Ghost Adventures, uh, Zach would always wear respirator. I always talked about the fact that over time, while the investigations he's done in places where it had, like, black mold or asbestos or something, it damaged his lungs. But if a Lugia location is open air, then you never really had to deal with that. But some, like, I guess you go underground or in basements where, like, there's no ventilation. You got to deal with that. Well, a lot of the a lot of the asylums of the state schools we do, they're bordered to the max, but they have tunnels. So if you can gain access to one building, you're in the whole complex. Yeah. But a lot of it is tunnels. Like the one we just did, we just did one, not the one with the, the sensors, but this other one, you had to find a tunnel hatch in the woods and tunnel a mile before you even got to the first building. Jeez. Pitch black tunnels. Yeah. That's, that's you got like a, basically you got a truck at like a mile underground to get into the places, to, even to get into the first building, and then you explore that building and you go back in the tunnels and you continue whichever way you want to go through the campus. I guess it makes it easier than trying to go through doors. But else, well, yeah, especially <laughs> the security. Yeah, yeah, you know, the the more time you're outside, the more chances of being seen. Have you ever been caught then? Never, oh. never. As <laughs> knock on wood, there's there's wood on the side of me. I've never once been caught. I've seen police patrol location I was in, but we were able to hide. Um, it was an abandoned school we did recently with power, but never had any interactions with the law as of yet. No. You know, it's funny. Is that I? 
I always when I, when I investigate, I before I started actually, I guess, I don't know, getting more seasoned with it. Um, what I wear would always be whatever, essentially. But after investigating the woods and stuff like that, I realized that you need specific stuff for specific places. So what kind of, I guess, clothing or gear you wear while doing stuff like that? I used to say, okay, let's wear all black. Now it's usually jeans, you know, dark colors, like for hoodies and stuff or jackets. But a lot of people that I know, they'll do all black. They'll say it's easier. I mean, either way, I think in the middle of the day, you're going to get caught either way. They're going to see you no matter what color you're wearing. I mean, a lot of times when we would investigate at night, if you wore black, you blended right in, you were good. But yeah, I mean, during the day, you could be naked. They're going to see you either way. (laughs) Yeah. I bought recently these uh, Under Armour waterproof boots just for the fact that sometimes we go in the woods, we don't get no ticks or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need, I mean, if you're going to do tunnels, a lot of the tunnels we do, the water's up to your ankles, knees deep, sometimes flooded. Oh, geez. So waterproof boots are a must. Yeah, I, um, as much as I would like to do urban exploring, it sounds like too much work. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, like the, the state school we just did on yesterday, actually, they locked a lot of the buildings up because they're trying to save them with like those metal roll down doors. But all the windows are open, but they're up four or five feet high. So you're climbing through windows, you're jumping on chairs to get into buildings and, and it made a big pain in the ass. But yeah, it's not. I mean, some locations you'll go to when the door is wide open, but 25 percent of the locations you go to are like that. Have you found anything interesting, like something, an object or information or I don't know, something left behind that you were like, holy crap, and you kind of wanted to take it with you? Um, we've taken patient records and stuff. I actually took some yesterday, some checks and stuff from like the seventies, yeah. patient records, the, the stuff you read is crazy. Uh, this dude had a seizure today. This dude bit this kid today, like crazy stuff. I mean, from down to, to patient records, to, to bone stretchers and abandoned hospitals, um, crazy morgues, the, the, the list goes on and on. The stuff we found, electroshock therapy machines. No it, objects. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I, I would assume so. I mean, yeah. I'm sure if you were there, you'd be able to tell me right away. Yeah, like, hey, don't, don't take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of the hospitals we've done lately have been full to the brim with stuff. So just like all abandoned, just like left behind. Pretty down to the, down to the, the bed sheets. Yeah. Jeez. So they really leave, leave a place behind and leave it behind. You think they would try to take at least salvage some of that stuff? Well, back in the day, I mean, when some of those places closed in the early 80s, early 90s, there was no HIPAA laws. So that's they didn't care about leaving all that stuff behind. But we found a whole basement with stacks and stacks of stuff. Yeah. I guess that's one of the things that I would like to look at. Like, uh, one of the main places, I've never heard stories about people going to, like, abandoned military bases. Like, maybe a radio station or something like that. And like going in there and seeing what was left behind, you know, place like that, that always seemed interesting to me just because they might have more secrets. Yeah. I mean, my buddy just did a police station. That was pretty cool. Evidence room full, still stuff, people's <laughs> belongings. Yeah. I mean, some of these places, they just leave everything, close the door, go home. 
you think they would take some evidence stuff, you know, it might be a case like, I don't know, 20 years down the line that might need, oh crap, it's in that we, building we left, you know. <laughs> we did an abandoned hotel that closed abruptly one morning due to not paying taxes. Like the IRS came in, told everybody they had to leave guests and everything. They still left liquor behind. The pool still had some water in it. Like it was, they just left, up and left. Huge hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, what's been one of your, yeah, I, I, I can, uh, I mean, a place like that leaves you with least some remnants of, I assume, a haunting, just for the fact it was like up and up and gone already. But I guess, what was one of your favorite places that you, uh, Urban, explored in your time? Favorite, favorite place um, would probably have to be the prison I just did. I just did a medium security prison with everything left behind, um, riot suits, shackles, bulletproof vests, people's belongings, again, like uniforms. They just left everything. It was a prison for men only, 440 inmates. That was abandoned for about five years now. Dang. I'll try to take something. (laughs) I mean, I wanted to, but the way the location was, it was right across from an active prison, and state police tend to lure around the building, so we were trying to get in, get shots, and pretty much get the hell out at that point. Like, we even pre-dawned it. We went in at 6 o'clock in the morning before the sun came up and sat in a corner and then waited and shot the place and left. Oh, so basically you go into any place mostly to take pictures. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's the urban exploring thing. Pictures and, and, like, finding the cool stuff, like you said. And stuff like that. That's pretty much what it is. You know, taking pictures of these buildings before they're gone. Yeah. Storing, like, storing history because I guarantee um, you might be hit up for uh, information stuff or like someone to see your pictures after that building's gone. Yeah, I mean a lot. Of, a lot of people even like sell their prints. A lot of, I mean, I've I've put a couple in an art gallery recently, but a lot of people are successful with, like selling prints, especially the outside, like the Kirkbride buildings, like the really nice mental hospitals, like Danvers and the big big ones. I'm sure you've heard of Danvers. I mean, that was one of the biggest ones. Haunted locations, yes. Regular buildings, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Danvers State Hospital. That was the lunatic asylum in Mass back in the day. That was well, where Session 9 was filmed. Oh. And in that hospital. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right before they right before they they actually didn't knock it down. They actually turned it into apartments. It's the same outside structure, and they just made the inside condominiums. That, so it's still a Kirk Bride. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Um, <laughs> like uh, that's asking for haunting and stuff like that. It always reminds me what they're doing to the uh, the Cecil Hotel. They're turning yeah. it to to actual housing development instead of actual hotel. Like uh, I tell you one thing, that's that's one of my dream locations for paranormal. I want to go there. Yeah, I've I've heard the stories. It's funny enough. It's a question I would ask in a whole year when they dream places to investigate. But yeah, that. That place, um, the stories behind it, everything I've ever heard, uh, how haunted it is, uh, the fact that there's open portals everywhere, at least what I've, I've heard in stories and stuff like that. That would be almost, I'll say a treasure trove, but uh, a lot of stuff going on. But they rarely ever allow anyone to investigate there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't Ghost Adventures go there, did they? Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. Right after that lady, right after that girl died. Yeah. And yeah. 
I, I was just I was just amazed. Well, I understand why they got in, but um, the Caesar Hotel really trying not to expose any kind of paranormal stuff. Like they don't want that kind of attention. Yeah. Yeah, that, that the hotels frowned upon all that. I think actually, I know a couple of people who urban explored it when it was closed due to COVID, and they said it was one of the eeriest places they ever been in their entire life. Yeah, I would suspect as much. I remember there was a, a TikToker who tried to get a drone inside to look around while they were doing construction on one side of the building. Um, he wasn't able to get it in because uh, it the signal or something it didn't last long enough to get inside. So I was like, oh my god, I wanted to see what was in there. But yeah, what's a what's an occasion you're exploring that I guess like everything went wrong? Like you were just like ah fuck this place. Like my I hurt my ankle or I got a scratch on my leg. I got hit in the head with this. Like I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> like it wasn't worth it anymore. Uh, um, probably one of the most recent places we just did that one. So the location I was telling you about the tunnel hatch, we actually had the wrong one. So it went into one building, but then everything was pretty much locked up. And we were kind of pissed off because we already walked like four miles already. And we seen like one of the shittiest buildings you could see. And then we decided to go for an open door somewhere. And then that was sealed again. Because just like everything in our backs, I mean, what's open today is closed tomorrow. So you pretty much you you learn about a location and you got to go now because if you don't, you'll probably never get in. That's how crazy it is. It's not like investigating where you go to a place that's been open for months. You you did all the research. It's this is like get it, scout it, and get in. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, I know you do investigating as you're doing your exploring, but um, has there been a place, or I guess better question is, what was like one of the most profound? paranormal experience that you had that you know like shook you but like it was like okay this stuff is real probably like going back to when we did the paranormal roundtable episode about that hospital i told you about where i um we thought we were communicating with that little boy up in the children's ward that was probably one of the that was probably one of the craziest experiences i've ever had i mean every time i went to that hospital a door slammed you'd hear a young kid cry you'd hear groans i mean it that hospital never ceased to not have any activity ever. Yeah, I can't remember. It was you or someone else saying they dealt with something dark. I think that I don't remember who that was. It was one of the people on the group though. I don't remember who that was going back a long time now. Yeah. That was last year. Uh, yeah. Oh, saying last year is like, is always a joke because it was only a month ago, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I can't remember. It, you say you were saying you came across something dark, but I guess that's a better question to ask. Like, have you come across anything that you felt was like dark, or hopefully you haven't? But when you urban explore, have you come across a building that's abandoned, but you find like it's been used for like satanic worship? You find pentagrams on the walls or something? Well, that hospital, that same hospital that I broke my ankle at, there was a lot of the satanic ritual stuff, a lot of the pentagrams, but there was one of these buildings where we could have sworn like this big black figure with red eyes was following us for a while. Like I kept, I don't know if it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but we were using night vision cameras and infrared lights. And I kept seeing a tall shadow and it looked like two red dots right in the middle looking at us. 
it was it was pretty crazy but we didn't hear like no crazy noise or nothing but we kept getting like six 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 on the on the spirit box for a while till it just wouldn't stop saying six and we couldn't figure out why no shit <laughs> yeah it was yeah. it was pretty creepy yeah and where was like i guess the, the spot where you found all that stuff that was uh a mental asylum and well, it's been clo- yeah. been closed for a while. And like, did they do it in like the basement, or like they pick a specific room? There was rooms all over the place with that stuff. I mean, this place was loaded with graffiti, but a, a bunch of it was in the basement. Jeez. They would set up chairs in the circle and draw the pentagrams, candles, you know, all that crazy shit. Yeah, I feel like there's some places you could take them to if I went to go visit over in Massachusetts. Uh, if you came out here, there'd be probably five off the top of my head right now that you'd probably really enjoy. Yeah. Just because of your special abilities that you've told me you've had on the last podcast, you would probably enjoy them. But then they'd be dead after that. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be much activity anymore. No. Nope. Uh, well, at least on the dark side of things, anyway. Um, yeah. I guess where exactly are you located in, in Massachusetts? Um, like 30 minutes South of Boston. Okay. I have a, a coworker who works, uh, who, who is from Boston and I can tell by her accent. Granted, it's not as heavy as it would be if she was still from there, but she still uses terminology that it gives away that she's from that area. But yeah, um, yeah. she was, she says she's always from Lawtown. Yeah. That's like North, North. Yeah. But yeah, you get. You, I don't say you have a Southie accent, but it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Um. I guess in that area, what is like known for being one of the most haunted locations? Um. I know Boston it's, area. I know Boston itself has its like its famous ones, but I guess in your area, the one that's closest to me is the Lizzie Borden's house. I'm sure that's, you heard Lizzie Borden. That's near then in South Boston. No, well, where I live, I live in, so I live south of Boston. So I live in like a small town called Westport, but it's right on the line of, it's five minutes from Lizzie Borden's house. Shit. Well, from both her houses, the house that her parents, she lived at when she, before she got acquitted. And then the original one where she supposedly killed their parents in. Yeah. Yeah. That's one place I want to visit. Yeah. <laughs> I actually almost, I almost took a job there being a tour guide for their their paranormal nights i almost took the position but it didn't pay enough and it was like two nights a week that <laughs> that'd be pretty cool just to be there at the same time um yeah hey, i didn't know that was that close to you or at least i didn't know yeah for some reason i keep thinking like more like midwest not so over closer to where i live on the east yeah. coast yeah no far east coast yeah mm. Um, the second, the second closest thing is probably, I'm sure you've heard of it, Rolling Hills Asylum. Yes. East Bethany. Yep. That's uh, another location, I guess, on the top like list of places to go. Cause I know closer to me is the devil's tramping ground. Um, a place that I'm most likely going to go to within this year. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's open area. It's a park. You can technically go to it. So it's not like you have to pay to go investigate. 
we want to do Brushy Mountain really bad. Where's that? Uh, Tennessee, the penitentiary. Oh, it was the it was the death row penitentiary. They called it the end of the line. You went there to die, pretty much. Yeah, that would have some activity. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah, it's rated for real high activity. No, actually, um, uh, De- Destination Fear went there last year. Oh. I know. Actually, it's, only episode. I was saying the only episode I ever watched from them was the one they did of uh, the Trans Allegheny uh, Asylum. Yeah, they did Waverly Hills. All the new episodes, you got to watch them. They did a lot of good places. When I guess when it comes to uh, the times you were exploring slash investigating at the same time, uh, have you ever? I mean, you granted you saw the dark shadow, but have you ever been like touched or scratched or anything at the time of being anywhere by something paranormal? Uh, not me, but one of the old members on my team actually went to Lizzie Borden's grave at like two in the morning to do an investigation and ended up getting scratched to the point where she was bleeding. I've seen pictures of it. I wasn't there, but I guess they were trying to antagonize the father. And Supposedly, the story was that the father raped Lizzie, and that's why she killed him. So I guess he had a thing for females. Crap. <laughs> I don't, there is yeah, a, it's you gotta do the research. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I've heard different stories about like what the whole reason behind it and all that stuff, but um, I think there's a grave. Some extended family of the Bordens is buried out around here in North Carolina. Well, I know the mother, the father, and the three daughters are buried in the cemetery, which is like ten minutes from me too. All in one big plot. Have you ever gone to like an old graveyard? Um, have you ever heard? I'm sure you've heard this because it's famous. Spidergate Cemetery. I know the name. I just don't remember exactly what it looks like. I've heard the name. It's out. It's out in Lemonster. Yeah, that was a creepy one. Supposedly, it was right near an asylum, and some kid hung himself from one of the the fences out there, and. He's supposed to haunt the graveyard. It was, yeah, we that was pretty crazy. What did you experience there? Um, it just it felt really, really eerie. We felt like we were being followed. We were being watched the whole time we were there. Um, I know someone who went after me took something off a grave, like a rock or something, and had to go put it back because they had shit happening at their house. Door slamming shut and stuff. It was. Uh, it wasn't fun. No, yeah. it's, and it's then, never, never a good thing to take things from a graveyard. That I, that's what I always knew. So I was like, <laughs> "Why would you do that?" But you know, some people like to play with fire before they get burned. Yeah, not unless you have some kind of uh, an ability, not per se mind, but something to protect you uh, from such things. But it's never a good practice to take something from somebody's grave. Um, yeah. Okay. They're going to want it back. Yeah. 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 Well, well, there's so, been stories of uh, people taking stuff off of the Borden's graves, too, and having to put it back. I guess there's a bunch of, like, stones and stuff that people have put in there over the years, like family members and stuff, and people have done it. And it was, it was actually, I think, one made the news or something. Well, that was just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a case like that, I mean, that would just, that I don't know. That's yeah. I said that's asking for for trouble when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. 
Now, I know urban exploring usually means urban in a sense of you're in the city and most buildings and stuff like that. But have you ever took your, I guess, your skills outside in the woods? Um, I mean, we've done like some cabins and houses, mansions in the woods, um, water towers to get like really good shots, like climbing 40, 50 foot water towers the smallest metal as you can possibly imagine <laughs> crazy stuff like that i mean it's it's exhilarating though i mean you get scared but then you get to the top and you're like whoa this is pretty cool you ever experiencing spooky in the woods um only time i have is when I've, i'm sure you've heard of the bridgewater triangle i'm right in the smack dab of that too yes yeah freetown state forest is right 15 minutes north of me and that's smack dab in the Bridgewater Triangle. I mean, we've had parties out there. We've seen stuff in the woods, stuff crawling in the woods, like shadows of stuff. I guess the KKK used to have stuff out there too. And all India, it's all Indian grounds and stuff too. There's a lot behind it, but I I don't like being alone in there at night. That place freaks me out. (laughs) I bet it would. Um, It's, it's bad. I, I know you'd like it, but I, I'm, I don't know. I did it one time alone. I went out there four wheel alone by myself, but you get out of the car and you're like, no, it's time to go. <laughs> no, there is. Yeah. It's funny enough. There's always a lot of locations around well, here. It's mostly wooded areas and the trees. Grant, I guarantee we probably share the same style of forest. Uh, at least all the trees grow here on the East coast. Um, but the Crow Toy National Forest is the only place I've ever gone in the woods. Majority of the time? I think so. Yeah. Well, well, that that the Octagon House as well. But um, I guess forest wise, the Crow Toy Forest usually went to. And um I mean, granted, I never ex- it thought we would see anything out there. Granted, it just woods, but uh, haunted stuff seems or spirits seem to find us regardless of where we are. Uh, especially a place that even remotely would be. But um yeah, anything native land uh, owned or at least it, they have some kind of connection to, it always um, seems very active. And that's why I always wondered about the Massachusetts area because I know natives, I don't forget what tribes lived around that area, but um, that's always like, I want to know if you actually spent time in the woods and probably heard anything out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I Like I said, when we were kids, we used to hang out in those woods all the time, but I mean, now I go out there knowing what I know, and I'm like, I'm petrified unless I'm with a group of people. <laughs> yeah, my team's down to four um, as of now, so there's only four of us actually go in any locations. Um, and we got a few coming that's up. Still a, that that's still a good group, though. I mean, four, four is a, a good study group. Yeah. Wait, we had many? seven. At, we, had, we had seven at one time, and that kind of was like, we had, we're down to four now. Mm. I mean, I run, I run my page by myself. I mean, all my people left, but my buddy went and started his own. So we kind of run our groups together and investigate together. He's a Jocko Paranormal Investigations out of uh, Taunton, Mass. So Middleborough area. <clears throat> Him and his girl and uh, her friend does it. And we all, we all link up and do it together. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It, well, I guess what makes my team special is that we're all psychics. Um, we all have an ability of some kind that you know, benefits benefits the team as a whole. 
Um, but it also makes it a, a, a pain in the butt because we don't have anybody to uh, document, to record or take pictures or anything like that. Because uh, majority of us are busy yeah. with using our hands, essentially. Um, remember you told me that you, you have a psychic on your team? We used to, not anymore. We oh, did. Okay. When we when I first first started, we, we had a psychic medium. Yeah, she was awesome. But she went off and, and, and did her own thing. Oh, that sucks. When you when I guess when you spent time with her when she was a part of your team, did she ever I don't know. I guess what was her I get I mean I guess what what was like her main ability? That's something that I guess her benefits benefited the team. I mean, she she was the always the one who sensed everything first. We would pull up to a location and she's like, this doesn't feel right. Like we pulled up to locations and she's seen things in windows and pointed out. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's like, there's really someone there. Like she could, she's like you, she could sense the activity before we actually seen it. But you know, if I can ever see anything, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. not physically seeing it, but you know, in your senses that something's there. Yeah. Interesting. You know, obviously we can't physically see this unless it's a shadow, but yeah, uh, and it just the whole I guess the answer when it comes to that. But funny enough, um, I remember I was, I think I, I'll classify. I know I, I talked about it on on the roundtable stuff like that, and I, I can't remember your answer specifically if you got interrupted by someone else during the time, but. Um, I know we talked about how there was like three classes of paranormal teams. There's the class one who just out there to get clout, stuff like that, and just doing it for fame, trying to be the next ghost adventures. And there's the class twos who are trying to collect evidence, trying to make communication, but respect the dead and stuff like that. And of course, there's a third, which is mine, who are strictly, strictly out there just to eradicate darkness and how make places less haunted, which is like, you know, goes against the grain of most paranormal investigators of what you know are supposed to be doing, but um, that's just what we are supposed to do. Um, but I see you—you you have respect for for the dead and stuff like that. So uh, when it comes to investigating stuff like that, uh, what is you would say your main goal? Like, what is something that you're looking to find? Our main goal is to just pretty much communicate and and talk to them. A lot of times, you know, like. We want to find out why they're there, maybe, you know, why they died to just communicate. I mean, we're not here for the likes, the fame. I mean, I got no subscribers on my YouTube. It, it doesn't bother me. We're out there to 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 just uncover all this shit, you know? I mean, it, it's, this is stuff we all want to know, make people a believer. There's people out there who who see my sweatshirt and they're like, oh, you, you hunt ghosts? Like, you... Is it, is it real? It, like it's hard to explain to people, but yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah, I lose you scared the shit out of people when I tell them stories of things I've I've been through. <laughs> um, and I always get the oh, that ain't for me. I'll never do that. Um, no, you had some you had some good stories on the round table. I mean, learn about all the abilities and stuff. It, it blew my mind. I mean, it's it's definitely freaky for sure. Yeah, I always thought it was one of a kind until I met Charisse. Um, she probably is the only other one besides uh, other woman Jane I met the other uh, Shadow Walkers. But it's funny enough, the term Shadow Walker I think is not the best term for it. Granted, I guess I call myself with my ability, but um, I actually bet we found a better terminology for it uh, when it comes to it. It's a, a someone who has EMAs or energy manipulation abilities. Um, those people like my wife, like our 
uh, lead psychic on our team, Mike, who can manipulate the energy around them, whether it be dead or alive. And I, I we were me and my wife were like trying to figure out how, how would you call that? What would you call it? Like energy manipulation ability or EMA, um, which I'm hoping to get that that phrase or that terminology coined so or trademark so <laughs> people know i came up no with. that actually yeah <laughs> i like that no i like yeah. that that's got a good ring to it you're going somewhere there for sure yeah it, it it's i guess like other because you always think about psychics when they they have a energy or ema technically um it never seems to be the same like there's not someone like me versus someone like sharice versus like someone like jane or like a wife when it comes to abilities and stuff like that but I mean, that's what we count a majority of time with our abilities, but that's why I like the the other side of it when it comes to investigators, those who don't have psychic abilities because they're not distracted by um, and the emotions of the dead around what they see is what they see. Like your connection yeah. to not having any abilities makes your your validation when you see something more, I guess, more proof. Because yeah. you are not being influenced by any ability. What you're seeing is right in front of you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, which makes me ho- wish I had someone like you on my team. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. I could be the person to do all your videography and pictures and, and enjoy everything. <laughs> yeah, if you live closer. Yeah. I, I might have to come down and make a trip this summer and, and do do something with you guys. That'd be cool. Because, yeah. Like, we try catching footage and stuff like that. Our best hope uh, our best, I guess, our best chance for catching anything is probably hooking up GoPros to us and, you know, c- you know, catching evidence or catching footage from our point of view. I mean, I've done that, too. I, I used to have one a camera on a tripod, you know, down the hallway or something where we were investigating. And then we all wore GoPros on our chests or on our heads, you know, and just put all the evidence together. I mean, you got to work with what you got, I guess, at that point. Yeah, it's probably going to wait till tax time so I can actually buy these things. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm telling you even like a regular camera 1080p or something on a tripod that's that's your best bet because no one has to man it you just leave it there and let it record have you caught anything on your cameras um the most we've caught was at that hospital we bought these little toys you know like the mcdonald's toys you would get in a happy meal it's like the little figurines where you push the button the thing would light up and make noise we brought one of those to that hospital and we would touch it. And we would, we thought we knew this kid's name was Charlie. So we'd be like, Charlie, touch it. And we'd walk away and the thing would light up. So we knew for sure that he was interacting with that toy. And we've actually, we actually caught it on camera lighting up and everything. Dang. I know. Cause like Lucy's people, there's like, they sell like teddy bears that have that, like their, um, their rim pods. The scare bears. In. Yeah. The sca- yep. It's pretty much that. it's pretty much my basic rempart put in a teddy bear to try to attack attract more. It's it's not anything special, I don't think. It's the exact same thing. Hmm. Yeah. It's something I guess we never really dealt with much kids spirits, except for one location we ever came across. Well two. Um the the web library in Moorhead, North Carolina. Um we had little kids' spirits and stuff like that, but um, we did try to get them to touch a REM pod, but they weren't weren't having it. Um, they felt more at peace trying to get books read to them, but it was a library, so yeah. you know, when you expect and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's that's the same thing. That that part of the hospital was actually the children's ward. So I think that's why that's where we heard a lot of the the young kids crying, and you'd hear like little moans and stuff. And it was all you could tell it was young kids. Thank. Yeah, a hospital on that scale, even a band one, I've yet to be to. Um, it was it was a tuberculosis sanatorium, and then I think they found the cure for tuberculosis. It was like the the city hospital for that town, so it was like a general hospital afterwards. And I guess I guess I don't know if you can feel it. I know a, a psychic, like my wife or even myself, I don't really consider myself a level that kind of psychic, but. Um, could feel the emotion or the heaviness in there but if if it's haunted as you say it is you should be able to feel that like the heaviness no i definitely felt in that that one hospital especially the morgue and probably the children's ward you definitely would feel like someone sitting on your chest at some points and you were always on edge in the place there was not a dull moment where you would walk through this building i mean doors slamming and you could hear like people dragging their feet like people walking down the hall we would always go at night. I maybe I think I went maybe once or twice during the day to get some good pictures of the place because they're in active demolition right now. But I always went two, three o'clock in the morning to this place. Has there been any like pictures during during the day that you you took that you caught that you caught something profound in the picture? I looked and looked and looked, and I had other people look, and we determined it's just dust balls asbestos i thought i caught a couple of good orbs but it's it's not unfortunately no. uh, i thought you might cut like a giant figure coming around a corner or something <laughs> when we when when i took the medium there her first time she swore she saw two nurses walk down the hallway and i thought i seen something too but it was weird because right after she said that the door was like cracked open a little bit and then it shut so Maybe she was right, but and see, I was in the room actually filming on the GoPro when she supposedly saw it, but she said it was two nurses that walked down the hall, and you could actually hear the door creaking shut. No, oh, jeez. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of places I, I was <laughs> in in that area. I need you to take me to just because I probably could clear it out. Uh, I mean, you've never so you you've never really been to a state hospital, pretty much, or like an asylum. Not around these parts. I would have to go all the way to either South Carolina or Raleigh or Charlotte for the next big city. I grant there's probably some in between there that I don't know of, but as of where I live in this area, no, nothing's been big enough city wise. Maybe Wilmington. Yeah. I would, I would say Wilmington probably has its share, but around here in Jacksonville and, and surrounding areas where normally we investigate, like in Hubert, Swansboro, and Kate uh, Carnett and Moorhead, um, nothing of that level. Most everything that's right because I, I even talked to people who live out in Florida who, who urban explored too, and they say there's not really much abandoned places around there anymore either. No, it, you it, have it's, to travel. Yeah, so much land development of them destroying and putting back things up. I guess it just makes that area a, a destination for people to live versus people leave the Massachusetts area, and that's why buildings are left well the way they are because no one's wanting to buy the land and turn it into something else yeah i mean a lot of them are apartments the one we just did the other day they're trying to turn back into like a nursing home slash condominium place and it's just so far gone i don't know how they're gonna do it 
honestly. It's, it doesn't make sense. They spent $40 million on the property alone to buy it. And they've already started knocking down buildings and locking them up, though. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're really going through with it. But they did. Uh, they actually did a Christmas light show, like a drive-through this year and last year. And, like, all the receding towns and everything were petitioning, saying, like, why are you doing a light show at this crazy haunted place? It has nothing to do with Christmas. But they did it anyways. They had this crazy drive-through with all these different things set up, like Santas and snowmen and like this big dome that you would drive under with all lights and stuff. And it just it looked cool, but it's just like bad location for it. I would say. Hey, come but to Bobby Mackey's. Like, <laughs> it's like 800. I want to say it's roughly 800 acres of land. Mm. At one point, that was like 40-something buildings. There's probably maybe 15 now. Yeah, so a lot of places have been teared down. And that's what I, yeah. I, I've been finding out with, with uh, destroyed buildings when it comes to land and property and the spirits that are there. Most of the time, they, they uh, will haunt a location because they're familiar with it. It's the last place they died, um, especially with, with uh, souls that have been taken so suddenly i.e. hospitals and asylums asylums especially because you have a mind that's broken that most likely doesn't think it's dead so that's why my yeah. will stay there um so asylums always seem to be a top of my list to go to because i guarantee you after i go to one um it's not gonna be as bad as it was before i got there yeah yeah you'd, you'd, you'd clear it out. it would just be an empty building at that point to urbex yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's same thing with like Lizzie Boyens. Like they actually had, they actually knocked down half of the barn and stuff to make like parking. And I asked the people, I'm like, did the, any of the haunted activity go away because you took some of the property away? And they said it actually got worse. Everything moved. Everything moved into the house. Yeah. I don't, there's still places around here. I, I know Megan was telling me something about uh, us possibly investigating an abandoned prison, something small around here. Um, I can't remember the name which she was talking about, but that's, I, I know, I know there's one in Miami. I have the location. Someone just gave it to me. It's tiny. It was probably had to be like 200 inmates. Hmm. It's not the top of my list. Down to the Florida. It, it, well, I think I'd be, I'm close to you. They am close to Florida. Uh, you probably are, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. There's one in New Orleans that was that they left like 800 inmates there when Katrina came, and they left them there to pretty much fend for themselves. Because we wanted, we wanted to go our back set when we hit uh, Six Flags up this summer. Mm. Well, I, I, I just, there's, there's plenty of locations that I want to go to. Um, what's and not necessarily a place you want to investigate, but maybe it's somewhere one of your dream spots that you would like to urban explore. Well, back to uh, what I was just talking about, I think at the top of the list right now is probably going to be Six Flags. The music, a lot of people have been going there, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, a lot of people say, well, why? A lot of people, because a lot of Arabexes are like they, they tend to one thing, like a lot of people will do churches, a lot of people will do hospitals. I'm more of like of everything, but lately I've been like the three the thrill seeker. Like I like to climb stuff, so I want to climb the roller coasters. I want to take pictures, like and just to just to see it, you know. 
isn't there a f- abandoned uh uh call it um what's a dang thing um over the rainbow i think um what's the name of that name movie i got to uh, it just escaped my mind somewhere Alice over in there. wonderland no no Wizard of Oz. That's right. I'm sorry. Wizard the, of Oz. Abandoned Wizard of a Wizard of Oz uh, music park is somewhere near you. I know it's in the northern east coast or northern east area. There was an abandoned one up in New York, um, towards Canada, but someone recently bought it after the first wave of COVID and reopened it. It was actually the theme park that Jim Carrey used to go to. No. I don't know if that's the of- same one. I don't know. I just remember it's on that list of places, like abandoned places that you don't want to go to because um, it's just so creepy. But yeah, it's like a Wizard of Oz. Um, oh, wait a second. You're talking about Lake Shawnee in Virginia. Okay. I know some Lake close. Shawnee Amusement <laughs> Park. Yeah, it's been abandoned for a long time. It's on like this haunted Indian land or something. Yeah, I've been wanting to go there. I know what you're talking about. That's like eerie. Like that's a place that you want to investigate. I don't know how it would be haunted. I just think it's just creepy. Because <laughs> a lot of people died there, like workers and stuff, I heard, when they were, like, setting up or something. And then kids, there were a lot of reports of kids dying, falling off of rides and stuff. I mean, this was going back in the early 80s, I think. Didn't know that. I just remember it's a Wizard of Oz abandoned amusement park. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. Because there's not many that I know of. I mean, there is one. You're in North Carolina, right? Yeah. There's one in North Carolina. Abandoned amusement park? Yeah. I'll have know. to message it to you because if I say the name of it publicly, I'm going to give it away. But oh. there is one. Prob- there, It's not far from you. Mm. I got to check it out now. I know the top of the list right now is a devil's tramping ground just to test it against my ability. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this amusement park would be haunted, but it'd be cool if you were the Urbex. You know, it'd be like getting your feet wet, kind of, because you don't have to worry about getting into no buildings or nothing. It's all open. Yeah. It'd be a lot of, uh, I'm not climbing that, or uh, I'm not climbing that. I'm not climbing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I, I mean, I, I got recently got into the climbing. I mean, when we did this big abandoned asylum out in Connecticut, I climbed the bell tower on one of the buildings. It was like 25, 30 feet up. And ever since then, I just started climbing. Yeah. I I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm out of shape, but I'm not in the shape to go climbing high on a lot of locations, stuff like that. It's not I'm a fear of heights. It's just I know I won't be able to make it up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's what I said, too. And then I went up my first time and I was petrified of going down. But I said, that's the only way to get down yeah. is to climb back down. Just don't look down pretty much at that point. No, the only thing that scares me about every, any doing anything like that is crawling in tunnels underground. It's I've done it and it's still in the back of my mind because, I mean, a lot of them are really good. but dead ones that were like really falling apart yeah caving in on you you're done you're dead i mean some of these tunnels are six seven eight feet on the ground and it's mostly like the like like crawling on like your your hand your elbows and your hands like through spots you gotta squeeze through and like like you gotta basically like you know fit your way almost i would say i was like cave like almost like trying to go through caves and stuff like that that's no some of the 
some of the tunnels we do, you can stand up in them. They were actually service tunnels. That was the access tunnels into the buildings, like the the water pipes and, and everything run through these tunnels. They call them steam tunnels. I've never really had to really crawl on my hands and knees. Me and, and, and the one that we did that was really decrepit and falling apart, but most of them you can, you can walk right in them like you're walking down the hallway. Yeah. It's funny, it never was a problem, but after I became a bigger guy in a sense like that, I am always afraid of getting stuck. <laughs> no, I mean, I hear you. I mean, I've, I've done some building, some windows. I'm like, I don't know how the hell I got through that window. I, I, it's, yeah, getting stuck is the biggest fear. Getting your hand stuck or, or getting stuck going through a window is probably one of my biggest fears. Getting stuck and getting crushed. Oh. Man, not dealing with demons, getting crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, like I told you on the round table, and, and like I, Sharice, when I first started, I was bad. I used to provoke the spirits. And then I, you know, I learned my lesson a couple of times and I said, it's time to respect them a little bit more. But they never really, I was more excited when I communicated with them than I was petrified. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the time. Um, uh, going on an hour here, which is a pretty good way to wrap it up now. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can everybody find you? Um, uh, we changed the name uh, to Corey Med Explorers for the YouTube channel, but we still have uh, Paranormal Hunters of Mass on Facebook, so you can still find the page there, and it has all the links to the Instagram with all the pictures and stuff like that. Awesome. And your Instagram handle? Uh, Instagram is Corey Med Explorers as well. It's all it's all on the Facebook page and, and the YouTube. They're all linked together. Okay. And I guess, you know, we're most likely going to bring you back when we do the roundtables again. Sweet. I'd be pumped for that. Yeah. I can't tell you when, because I, I don't even know. I think Megan's trying to put it together right now. But, yeah. so Nice. We'll definitely hear from you again when it comes to that. But, yeah. I Sweet. Do, do appreciate coming on. Thank you, brother. And as always, we'll catch your weirdos in the next one.